This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage, LLC, and Rio Body Center. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today, as the football season is rapidly approaching, we've got a special guest. His name is Tom Scott. He knows everything about all that stuff. So. Well, I don't know about that, but thank you, Skip. <laughs> but it's a pleasure to have Tom Scott back with us. So, Tom, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Thanks, Skip. Uh, it's become kind of a tradition here right before the kickoff yes, of yeah. the first game of the season. Exactly. We like to do kind of a preseason uh, rundown. Uh, on the Broncos, and then I'll t- also talk a little bit about what's going on in college football, which is chaos right now. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But Tom, first of all, uh, give us give the uh, listeners an update on, on what you do. Kind of give them a background of what you're doing now. Well, now I do, uh, I do some radio sports segments and uh, getting ready for Sunday Sports Extra. I'll be on there beginning a week from Sunday, mm-hmm. and I do the Scott Science segment there. Right. And uh, so I've been covering the Broncos for, you know, five decades. Man. And they keep me around just because I, I'm, <laughs> I remember stuff. That's why they keep me around. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, plus you got a pretty darn good record for, for all those years, too. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, it's fun to look back on it. When I did, um, the second time I did the color commentary on Channel 7 for the uh, live games, uh, Channel 7 was undefeated yeah. from 2005 to 2009. Really? Never lost a TV game. Wow. So wow. that's... So, was, something to hold on to. It was there. fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get right to it, Tom. Let's let's talk about the Broncos. Uh, we've both been out to the scrimmages. Um, I had the privilege of speaking to the Boise State team here a, a week or so ago, and uh, I'll just say that I'm I'm very impressed with with their class. It's a class act. I mean, they, they've got good players for sure. I think they're going to have a really good team, but I was really impressed with the, the class, the respect that they show. I walked into the room, 100 and some odd players sitting in there in the team room, and I expected them to kind of have, you know, lean back in their chairs and just kind of listening, but they were all taking notes. Which yeah, was they're, very, they're trained to do that with, with, with all yeah. the speakers. And yeah, very, I think that's a, that's a great show of respect. Very, very impressive. And, um, but anyway, uh, as as Boise State and Washington prepared to square off, I have to say this: I was between the two schools. I was coaching there, one of them for eighteen years, and uh, so people say, "Well, what are you? Who are you going to root for?" And I say, "Well." The team that wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I, I uh, uh, responded to you on Facebook, you're going to have one of those hats that's half, right. half purple and half blue. Half, yeah. Right. I got I to I tell a funny story. So the last time that these two teams played in Washington, at Washington 
we took a group of boosters and stuff from here, and we did the sailgate deal to the game, the boat, and, and all that. And, and I wore my Boise State stuff on the way up and because uh, they were all Broncos. And so then when we got to the stadium, I went into the restroom and changed to my Husky shirt and hat because we were sitting up in the Don James Center. So you got to kind of... That's right. Play what's dealt, you know. And, right. Uh, but I, I love both programs. Uh, like I say, we spent a lot of years between the two. I really like what's going on in both programs. I mm-hmm. think they've got excellent coaching. Yeah. They recruited some really good players. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun game. But but first of all, let's let's get back to the Broncos and talk about what what you see, Tom. Just kind of take us through segment by seg- segment offense and then defense and special teams and, and kind of give us a, a, a preseason glimpse. Well, I'm, I'm kind of with the party line on Boise State that uh, the offense is going to be excellent and the defense has some questions that might be answered Saturday at, at Washington. Mm-hmm. But um, there are some holes to fill on defense, but they have a lot of talent there. So right. somebody is going to have to step up and some, somebody probably will step up. But on offense, uh, you know, starting with Taylor Green, if you look back at last year and uh, you, you think, well, the UTEP game was one of the low points in, in school history. Yeah. But what if that had never happened? Exactly. If that had never happened, then the rest of the season, what would that have been like? Right. You wouldn't have had Taylor Green step in and Dirk Cutter and yep. and uh, all the the wonderful things that happened. So now you have Taylor Green as a sophomore, mm-hmm. and you have uh, the, the da- tandem of George Helani and Ashton Genty at running back. Great pair. And you have a couple of good tight ends, uh, starting with Riley Smith. Uh, the offensive line seems as solid as it's been in 10 years. Mm-hmm. All the way across, uh, anchored by Kate Beresford, son of son of Harry Beresford, (laughs) who played for me here at Boise State. Exactly, we've got some history there. But yeah, both he and his brother are on the team right now, Mm -hmm. and that's it's it's fun to watch them. And their dad is just so excited about this this season. Yeah, I I see that on his social media posts. But that offensive line, you know, Genty and, and Holani could do some damage at Washington if the offensive line can just make hold some, its make ground. Some holes, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's so that'll be a question up there. I think what happens against the Huskies, it could be a loss. We all know that and it won't be representative of what the rest of the season no, will be like. No, so no. They, you, you can't come out of that game with discouragement unless no. it's 56 to nothing. Then th- that well, would be yeah, discouraging. Yeah. But there, you know, Washington's going to be in the top 10 for sure and, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe even top 5, I don't know, but they're, they're a good team. They're a good team. But so is Boise State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, defensively, you've got the loss of Scott Matlock and uh, Jackson Cravens went to BYU. And uh, so you've got uh, across the front, you've got a lot of holes to fill there. Yeah. And right now, Herbert Gums, who started last year, and uh, Michael Callahan is slated to be the other defensive tackle. And Dimitri Washington is a six-year senior. And, um, you know, he needs to have a big season, and he, and he may. He's healthy. He's He's got his mojo back, uh, back way back in 2019. You know, he had a big finish to that season when uh, when Curtis Weaver was right. a senior. Mm-hmm. And then he got injured in 2020 at Air Force, and, mm-hmm. and he's still been on the road back yeah. since then. But he yeah. was solid last year, should be big this year. Yeah. And uh, then at linebacker, you know, that's Andy Avalos' position. Yeah. So you always feel good about that. And you look at what happened with DJ Schramm last year, a yeah. guy who who 
hung around the program, never gave up, didn't transfer like so many players would right. have, and ended up being a second-team all-conference player last yeah, year. Yeah. And so that's development there. Right. And so at the other linebacker, Andrew Simpson, I can see the same thing happening with him. So yeah. linebacker is fine. Secondary, that's another yeah. place where there are holes to fill. Well, and it's going to be important in this game against the Huskies. Yes, with they, Michael they, Penix Jr. <laughs> oh, man, he great, can fling great it. passer and two great receivers, so that's it's going to be important, but go ahead. Right. Well, the secondary, that, that's another case where if they get torched a little bit, that's not representative of the rest of the season because if if the defensive line doesn't get pressure on Penix, then – yeah, it, it could, and that's the key. Yes, it could, it could, it could not be pretty for the secondary, but it might not be all their fault. Right. Uh, but you got Markel Reed coming back from the oft injured Markel Reed, sticking it out and and coming back to to play as a senior, and you know, best wishes to him. Yes. Uh, a Marion McCoy was kind of a star of spring ball. He's a transfer, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got uh, Kaunohi Kaniho, uh, Kakala's younger brother, right. who, who's played a ton the past two years. Right. And uh, who's the fourth? Oh, uh, Jalen Clark. Jalen Clark, who yeah. had a big game in the uh, bowl game against mm-hmm. uh, North Texas. So. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And uh, special teams, I mean, who else do you want in there but Jonah Dalmas wow. kicking field goals? Yeah. I mean, he is just steady as a rock. He's golden toe. He, he is. Yeah. And, and he's mm-hmm. such a great kid, too. So Hunter, you've got James, James Ferguson Reynolds, the Aussie. Mm-hmm. And he quietly had a very good season last year. So I, I think special teams, the kicking game anyway, From will, the, yeah. will, will be in good hands. Special teams, you, you just don't know yeah. till till they get out there. The, till they get out there, the, yeah. the, the, the tacklers and yeah. the defenders, but yeah. uh, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how about the offense? I mean, the defense. Sorry. Yeah, the defense. Uh, if if they can have these guys step up, then I think good things could happen. Yeah, yeah. But can we expect them to? step up in time for right. the, the game in Husky Stadium. Yeah. That's going to be the big question. Yeah, I, what, I, what I was getting at with the defense is that they're, they're a little bit untested right. going into a tough environment. A uh, crowd is going to be totally against them. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to respond? Yeah, so that's, exactly. That's what we got to wait and see. And, yeah. you know, the coaches, uh, the first game, coaches are always real nervous because they don't quite know what to expect. Mm-hmm. How are players going to respond? I mean, they can look good in practice, but like I say, they get out there in that environment and, and uh, you know, things, strange things can happen. Yeah, 70,000 and. Yeah. Uh, Against the top 10 teams. So (laughs) the last time Boise State went to Husky Stadium 10 years ago, you were there. uh, That was Coach Pete's final season. Yes. And that was the worst loss in Coach Pete's career Mm -hmm. was was that game. Mm -hmm. It was uh, 38 to 6, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And two years after Kellen Moore. Mm -hmm. And so it was... They were fish out of water that yeah. that game. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Well, speaking of Coach Pete, he was he was on the radio yesterday, and uh, one thing that was interesting that folks maybe didn't hear is Coach Pete said something he's never said before since leaving coaching. He said, "If I ever do get back into coaching, why it'll be at the NFL level." Right. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was interesting. <laughs> that that was that was surprising to me. Um, just the fact that he would get back into it, because I just thought he wouldn't. But he he cracked the door open with the NFL someday, somewhere. Yeah. And um, well, the key there, Tom, I think is you know he got out of college coaching because of all the 
all the stuff that was going on, the NIL stuff, and then along comes, you know, the transfer portal, and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff became a real major headache and a big strain, stress on the head coach especially. And he kind of reached his wit's end and decided to, you know, step away. But pro game is a little different story. It's all football. You know, there's mm-hmm. no recruiting. There's no, no NIL. Those guys make enough money to, you know, be okay. So... I was uh, <clears throat> sitting next to Coach Peter at a banquet about 10 years ago, and uh, he talked about you know spending some time in McCall, two weeks right, max when right, you're a coach, right. uh, in the summer. And Dirk Cutter was up there as well. And right. Cutter at that time was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. And so Cutter was enjoying the golf course and boating on the <laughs> lake, and Coach Pete was always on the phone. Yeah. You know, it was recruiting, or it was a player issue, or it was uh, – and, and – um, yeah. Uh, Cutter was giving him some guff about you know right. what he had to do versus the right. the, the much less pressurized summer yes. uh, that Cutter yeah. had, yeah. and so that you know that relates to now that yeah. if you went back into coaching, it would be in that type of a job. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a big difference between college coaching and pro coaching, and and I, I can see it if he gets the hunger again and, and passion to coach. Why? NFL might be the you know the way to go. So we'll see, we'll see. He's still still young enough. So the one one thing that he said on the interview yesterday is that he was not interested in the Washington athletic director's <laughs> position, the open position up there with Jen Cohen going to USC. Yeah. He is not right. interested for all the reasons that you yeah, said: yeah, NIL, yeah. Yeah, transfer, yeah, portal, transfer portal, the, this conference chaos. So yeah, no, I can I can understand that that. I made that same decision, too, when I left coaching. <laughs> I said, no. Yeah, I had a couple opportunities, and I said, well, thanks, but no thanks. You know? Right. Yeah, it's, but coaching, college coaching especially, is a young man's game because of all the stuff. You're on the road, you're recruiting, you're this, you're that. And pro coaching is a little different. You're not on the road recruiting. You spend all your time in football. So it's, it's a little different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Probably a little better suited for for a guy like Coach Pete at his age, yeah. Which I presume he's in his sixties. He he should uh, fifty late. By 50s. my math, he should be. I think he's going to be fifty nine in October. Yeah, I think that's right. Is my best to the best of my recollection. Right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Exactly. And so that you know, fifty nine, that's yeah. nothing. No, no. Yeah. No. And he's in good shape. He mm-hmm. takes, takes care of himself. And well, we mentioned uh, a couple things. The NIL for one thing. I still can't wrap my head around it, how, how that's all going to work and, and be beneficial for everybody. Uh, what about you? Well, uh, I understand why it happened, because players were promoted incessantly right. by, by their schools, and they, they never got any compensation for it. So the intention of NIL was was for it to be kind of like Boise State's doing it, mm-hmm. where players have have, you know— Agreements with local companies yep. that they they promote. They do a couple commercials, some personal mm-hmm. appearances, things like that. But what it's turned into it in other spots is uh, just throwing money at players. Yeah. At, in the SEC, you know, these collectives that gather all this money, they just throw it at the players. And so it's uh, it's a lot different there. I, I like the way Boise State's doing yeah. it. I, I have I have an ad agency, and I have a couple right. couple uh, Tyson Degenhart <clears throat> from the men's basketball team and Jonah Domus. Right, and and they're just great kids, and they they 
promote these two businesses and they'll and they do what's expected they do what's yeah yeah, you say hey we need to we need to do a radio commercial Mm -hmm. okay when do you need me there okay and so that part of it works great at the big schools i think if you look Mm -hmm. at texas a&m and what happened to them last year i think that's the flip side of nil because uh, nick saban accused jimbo fisher of buying his recruiting class and that was uh, there were fireworks there and then Texas A&M, a preseason top 10 team, last year got on the field and they went six and seven. And was it a lack of chemistry because of NIL? I think it could have been. It could have been. You know, it you don't have any cohesiveness when one player is over here making $100,000 and another's making five. So yeah. I think that's a, that's a factor and it has to be navigated very carefully. Yeah, yeah. At the bigger schools like that, you know, they're... Some of those players are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. right. as a college student athlete. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what happened to amateur sports? That kind of went out the window. Yeah. And it's just the, sh- the ship has sailed. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so we'll see what happens. And then, you know, the conference chaos is, is the other side of that. And so college football will never be the same. No. And I'm, I'm sad about I'm it. I'm sad, too, about yeah. the Pac-12. I mean, right. we, I coached in the Pac-12 for 12 years, and it was a great conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see that thing all break up, and, and now, you know, four teams have gone to the Big Ten, and now I see there's three others looking at the, what, ACC? Right. And so where does that leave Washington State and Oregon State? It's <clears throat> It appears to be coming down to... For those two schools, the Mountain West versus the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. And Gloria Navarez, the commissioner of the Mountain West, is uh, she was in Pullman the other day Mm -hmm. to to make a pitch to uh, Wazoo, and uh, she has a a trip planned to Corvallis. And uh, I I read that Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the AAC, has Zoom calls scheduled with Washington State and Oregon State. So it's... You know how how much money will they be offered to yeah. join either conference, and it will be a smidgen compared to what they made in the Pac-12. So either way, it's really sad for Washington State. It'd be tough. great for the Mountain West to have those schools in the conference, but how sad for them? Yeah. You know, yeah. That, it's it's a shame. Yeah, it really is a shame. I mean, there that's a shame. The other thing that that I just have a hard time dealing with too is. From my experience, they're going to be flying across the country, mm-hmm. you know, from Seattle to the East Coast, right. L.A. to the East Coast and back and forth. And, you know, those trips take a lot out of the players. I just I think that's going to be a, a tough one for them. But we'll see. We'll, see well how it goes. In, in football, they'll have six road trips and maybe three or four of them will be cross country. So football, mm-hmm. they can survive. They can They'll survive, but, yeah. But the other sports, yeah. oh my goodness, basketball and then volleyball and soccer where you have to go play two games yeah. on, on a road trip. Right. And so they they play in Piscataway on Thursday and in uh, at Maryland on Saturday. Then they have to fly home commercial, get home at 4 a.m. and go to class. And yeah. it's just a nightmare for the non-football right, sports. Right, right. They do travel with with tutors that you know help them stay on track as far as their classes, but it's, it's different. It's right. still different. It's exhausting too. Yeah, it's exhausting, mentally exhausting. Right. And uh, and yeah. I, I think the the uh, I, I've seen some social media posts from like UCLA softball players saying, "What this is not what I signed up for." No. You know, this no. is 
I want my parents to come see me play. I want my friends yeah, to come yeah, see yeah, me yeah, play. Yeah, and, right. and friends and, and boosters, you know, they're going to have to spend a lot of money, you know, going across country to watch these games. and Yeah, or not. Uh, or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be something to see, something to behold, so we'll find out. The other thing I wanted to ask you about that's um, always kind of bothered me, too, is this transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, here, you know, a school spends a lot of money sending coaches down to recruit players. And, you, I mean, you, you wear yourself to the bone trying to get a good player. And they, finally you get them, they come in, and something goes wrong, or they don't think something's right. So they say, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here you go. You've, you've spent all this time and money and effort to get them here, and now all of a sudden they can just go, right. and they're gone. Yeah. I think— the one-time transfer rule during COVID, that, that kind of made sense yeah. because, you know, that was just a completely upending experience for all athletes. But now you have the one-time, you can transfer one time without losing a year of eligibility. So, right, right. so many players take advantage of that. I think so many players don't end up getting a better landing spot, and that will become apparent mm. Players have kind of might have an inflated view of what they can do at exactly. another school, mm-hmm. and when you look at the track record of the transfer portal, there are a lot of guys who don't come out of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Jack Sears, the quarterback, uh, two years ago, never came out of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So a- as you look at that, some players may be hopefully discouraged from from going there because what what's going to happen to me if they're if they're really good? Okay, right. Uh, but I, I think as it pertains to Boise State, Boise State hasn't been as affected by the transfer portal. You haven't had a lot of no. you know, top no. top talent transfer out. No. no. And they're you know, they're they're really committed to the program. They yeah. they really like the city, they really like the people, they really mm-hmm. like the program, they like the school. Mm-hmm. So they haven't lost a lot of players. Yeah. They've had some some decent ones come in. Right. And basketball especially, men's basketball especially, right. they've had some good ones come in. Yeah. So uh not like Colorado, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, what a gamble that is. Oh, that man. is it, such a gamble. And we'll see what they've happens. They've got a whole new team. Yeah, they do. It's and um, but it's That'll I mean, play out, too. It will. I mean, their attendance is going to be good mm-hmm. at home and on the mm-hmm. road. Dion will attract a lot of people Sell in the stadiums. Yeah, yeah exactly. They can just play. It'll be but all right. Is that sustainable? We'll That's see. That's right. We'll yeah. see. Well, Tom, I know that they've, the, uh, the all the predictions have come out now, and Boise State is picked to win the Mountain West again. How do you see it? What teams do you see being in, being in the challenge spot? Uh, I, I think – the Broncos, uh, it, I, still the conference is not as strong as it should be or could be mm-hmm. right now. And so Boise State is picked, and uh, half of it is because they are genuinely good, and half of it is by default because mm-hmm. they're, uh, Fresno State lost Jake Hayner at corner, quarterback, and, right. and that's a big loss. So that knocks Fresno State down a couple notches. Uh, San Diego State, you never know what's going to happen with them at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Wyoming quarterback again i mean the quarterback is the is is the key trigger man uh, yeah the trigger man colorado state might be a cinderella story this year san jose state could always be dangerous who have i missed uh am- among the favorites i think you got him for okay yeah, yeah right yeah san jose san diego yeah yeah, yeah. but 
Uh, Boise State's in a really good position. Yeah, they are. How would you like to be Nevada right now? And Nevada just lost lost their quarterbacks coach right before the season started. Yeah, Yeah. that's not good. Not good. Well, we got uh, just a couple minutes left, Tom, but let's let's talk about college football across across the board. Who do you see? Being in the, uh, I'll say the top five for the season. Um, the usual suspects. Yeah. LSU, uh, USC still has to prove it on on defense. Uh, Georgia, they have an untested quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're the, Alabama is always there. Always a player. Uh, so there, there are Michigan. a lot of Michigan. I think Michigan. Yeah, is, I, Michigan. Is Thanks for be, bringing them up. Be pretty good. Too. Yeah. With Colton Lo- Colston Loveland of uh, Gooding, Idaho, right at tight end. That's good. Uh, so yeah, th- those are those are probably your top five. But yeah. uh, you know, never count out Alabama. Never. You know, people they've got them down eight or nine now. You know, and and that just that, <laughs> that just, just fuels makes the fire. That just makes Nick fired yeah, up. Makes <laughs> yeah fuels the fire. Right. We coached him, of course, at Kent State, and he he is the ultimate competitor. I mean, he can't stand to lose he can't stand mistakes whether it's by him or by someone else um, so he's drilled that into the program and, and boy they've they've responded for sure and you know that's a great example of culture at Alabama yeah. he has I mean he's he's a, a coach that that people love to hate but he has built a culture uh, at Alabama, and and they do things the right way yep. I, you don't read a lot of no, things no, about no. Alabama he's, like he's, yeah Northwestern type things right. uh, at Alabama, no, so no. I I have a lot of respect no, for Nick they're Saban. doing it by the book, and they they're doing it with great players. You know, yes, you're always a better <laughs> coach if you got great players, <laughs> right? So they know. do have a, you know they do have to rebuild at quarterback, obviously yeah, with yeah. Bryce Young gone, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be an exciting season. Yeah, yeah. it's it's going to be a one of a kind season because. Yeah. It's and, never going to be like this again. And everything's going to shake up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tom, listen, thank you so much for coming in today and giving us some insight into the Broncos and to the season that's upcoming. And I think we're all excited to, to see how this, uh, this season plays out. And the last thing I want to do before we sign off is, is to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors. Uh, Diamond Heating and Cooling has been a great sponsor for us and just want to Give a shout out to them. They they uh, do a wonderful job. They got great people, and uh, that's thank, Rick and Sue Ellen, that's right? Rick and, Rick Sue, and Ellen, Sue Ellen, great yeah. people, yeah. great people, and they they do a great job. So if you need some help in that in that area, why Diamond Heating and Cooling is a great place to go. So well, I think that'll do it for today. So Tom, once again, thank you for being our guest on Game Plan for Life. Thanks, Skip. Always a pleasure. We'll see you one year from right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. And Zero Edge Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory. 